Many feel that it would be a great privilege to visit the scenes of Christ's life on earth, to walk where he trod, to look upon the lake beside which he loved to teach and the hills and valleys on which his eyes so often rested. But we need not go to Nazareth, to Capernaum, to, or to Bethany in order to walk in the steps of Jesus. We shall find his put, footprints beside the sickbed, in the hovels of poverty, in the crowded alleys of the great city, and in every place where there are human hearts in need of consolation. In doing as Jesus did when on earth, we walk in his steps. Ellen White, Desire of Ages, page 640. We in the United States are beginning to turn the corner on the coronavirus. This past January, between 3,000 and 4,000 of our fellow Americans were dying daily from COVID-19 effects. Our seven-day average, as of just yesterday when I checked, was 680 people. Still a reminder that the virus is not gone and we still have to be cautious, but it is a sign of hope. Over 115 million people have been fully vaccinated. Here in our backyard in Montgomery County, 46% of our community has been fully vaccinated. And Montgomery County tells us that when we get to 60% with at least one dose, our church can open up to 75% capacity. And when we get to 50% fully vaccinated, only 10% more, we will be moved under Maryland's guidelines, which, well, are a little less restrictive than Montgomery County. But while we have much to be optimistic about locally, and while we are beginning to see some light at the end of the tunnel locally, it's not so everywhere. I read this tweet from an individual in India this week. Need breast milk, donor, for a one-day-old baby in Delhi. Her mother passed away due to COVID. Later that same day, this person posted that she had found a donor and thanks for those who had offered. Many persons there in India and in other Asian countries are, are dying and being ravaged by this disease. Many children are being orphaned, one-day-olds and, and those older as well. In many cases, this is taking place because these people simply don't have access to the medical resources that we have here, or, or rather I should say because they don't have the amount of resources needed to meet the struggle that they are in there in India. They don't have enough ICU equipment. They don't have enough ICU beds. They don't have enough oxygen. But not only is death and disease the crisis that that part of the world is facing, many are now facing another crisis there in India. Over the years, there have been some that have been able to, to lift themselves out of poverty, to, to, to climb out of poverty with some, some jobs. But they're being now plunged right back into that poverty. For the first time since 1998, the World Bank says that global poverty rates are forecast to increase. Some of you may have thought they were always increasing. That's actually not the case. We've actually have had poverty rates going down globally. But for the first time since 1998, global poverty rates 
are forecast to increase by the billions of people. We are turning a corner here in the United States, but many in our world are still in desperate need. As I read the stories about what is happening in other parts of the world, particularly in India over the last several weeks, my heart is being convicted. And, and this week, as I prayed about what to preach, I just kept coming back to a text, a text you're probably familiar with. It's in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25. And it comes at the end of a parable that Jesus gave to his followers. But Matthew chapter 25 Verses 34 through 40. Let me read it for you. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And then the righteous, the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. We want to walk in Jesus' steps. One of, my, one of my bucket list dreams is to go to the Holy Land and walk in Jesus' steps. But I'm reminded that, that, that I can walk in Jesus' steps right here and right now. And God, I believe, is calling us to look for ways to serve His creation in a multitude of ways. And my heart this week is convicted that, that God is calling us to serve His people, His creation in India. When we do so, we serve Jesus. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When we walk in the feet, footsteps of Jesus by serving others, we are walking with Jesus. Did you know that, that one of the reasons Jesus died was so that we would be sanctified, to sanctify us? Uh, by helping India, the church, you and I, we are growing in sanctification. Sanctification is, of course, a church word. So let me say it like this. By helping others, by helping maybe those in India, we are becoming more like Jesus. Turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Listen to what this says in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, this text is often preached in the context of marriage, but it's actually primarily about the church. 
Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy. That's speaking of Christ making the church holy. To make her holy, cleansing her with the washing of water by the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or blameless like that or anything like that, but holy and blameless. Husbands, this is not telling you to wash your wives clean or that you can make your wives holy. This is talking about the church. And, and Christ loved the church. He gave his life for the church to make her holy, to make her sanctified, to make the church more like him. When we serve others, we are acknowledging Jesus's death. When we don't help others, we are denying Jesus's death. But don't take my words for it. Someone inspired said this long before me. Ellen White wrote, the Savior has given his precious life in order to establish a church capable of caring for sorrowful, tempted souls. The Savior has given his precious life in order to establish a church capable of caring for sorrowful, tempted souls. Folks, we are capable of helping others. Jesus died to establish a group of people capable of caring for others. And, and when we care for others, we are becoming more like Jesus. We're becoming more sanctified, which is part of the reason why Jesus died for us. Y'all, we can walk where Jesus walked in the Holy Land and think that we've done something amazing, but, but, but I would think that Jesus sees it more amazing when we walk in his steps by following his example and caring for others. We can walk through the Holy Land and never become more like Jesus. But when we walk in Jesus' steps of, of, of seeing those in need and caring for them, we are becoming more like Jesus. Where are those in need? Where can I lend a hand to help others? Where can I give for the sake of humanity? Where can I sacrifice to save lives? I was reading through some various documents and, and, I, and I agree with our church member and the director of health ministries at the General Conference, Dr. Peter Landless, a member here of our local body, who said about the current crisis in India, as followers of Christ, we must respond whenever people are hurting. We must. I agree with him, absolutely. As followers of Christ, we must respond whenever, whenever people are hurting. Jesus, is it really true that if we help others, we are helping you? Jesus says to us, Chad, Spencerville, as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it for me. So what can we do? We can't go to India. Maybe a few of you are powerful enough to, to figure out a way to India, but most of us cannot go with the restrictions on travel. What can we do? There's a biblical example of what we can do, and it's in the book of Acts. This is not part of our Acts sermon series, but, but this happens to be found in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. In those days, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and predicted by the Spirit that there would be a severe famine throughout the Roman world. 
This took place during the reign of Claudius. Each of the disciples, listen to this, according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brothers and sisters who lived in Judea. Each of the disciples, each of the followers of Jesus, they heard about this disaster that was coming. They heard about this disaster that was going to happen. Famine, of course, is going to starve people. And they determined to send relief. They did this, sending it to the elders by means of Barnabas and Saul. What does that mean? They did this, sending it. What's the it? They sent their resources. They sent food. They sent money to the elders in other places by means of Barnabas and Saul. They couldn't go there themselves, but they had someone who could go there. And so they gathered their resources together and they gave them to that person. And they said, those two persons, Barnabas and Saul, they said, take this for us. We, we heard about the crisis. Whenever, what did Dr. Landless say? As followers of Christ, we must respond whenever people are hurting. They said, there's someone hurting. There's going to be a disaster. Can we help these people? This year, we have many times called on our church family to sacrifice. We've asked you to support our member assistance fund, which you have. We've asked you to support our tuition assistance fund so kids can go to Spencerville Adventist Academy, which you have. We've asked you to help with the remodeling of this stage and the refurbishment of the organ, which you have and you are continuing to do. But, but now I'm coming to, to you to ask you to give beyond our walls. We've asked for help with our member assistance and we asked for help with, with our tuition assistance and with our building projects. But, but now I'm asking for us to do something beyond our walls for God's creation outside of these walls. People just like you and me, made in the image of our Lord. People hurting, people suffering, people dying, children without milk or without food, without parents, persons who had a job and a home just weeks ago and now 3.7 million people laid off just in the last couple of weeks displaced, homeless now in just a matter of weeks. We can't go to the people in India, but, but our money can. This week as I was praying about this and, and, and what to do, I went to Adra's website to see if they had any suggestions. Adra is our, the community service arm of our world church and it stands for Adventist Development Relief Agency. Adventist Development Relief Agency. And right there, right there on the front page, I see these words on the ADRA page. India needs you now. India needs you now. I can't go there, but my money can go there. And there was ADRA saying, yes, we'll go there for you. ADRA, they are our Paul and Barnabas. And here's the thing, for every dollar we give, ADRA is sending $3 to literally save lives. We don't have Paul and Barnabas, we have ADRA. And we're grateful that we do. ADRA, the Health Ministries Department of the General Conference and Health Ministries International, uh, an international branch of, of the health systems that we have here in the United States are partnering together to go and minister 
to the people in India. What did Ellen White say? The Savior gave his precious life in order to establish a church capable of caring for the sorrowful. Y'all, we are part of that church capable of caring for the sorrowful. As Dr. Landis said, as, as I am saying, and more importantly, as Jesus said, as followers of Christ, we must respond whenever people are hurting. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm calling on us to do. Today, take some time. Talk about it with your family. Pray about it. Ask God what He would like you to give. And then what I want you to do is go to our website, spencervillechurch.org slash give. Sign in to our giving page there and you'll see down at the bottom, it says Adra India. You'll see in the columns of places you can give, Adra India. If you give to that line item, your money will be tripled and your money will help save lives. But also folks, when we give out of generous hearts, when we give out of willing hearts, it works a power in our lives, a, a sanctifying power in our lives. Jesus died to make us more holy. Jesus died so that there could be a church capable of ministering to the sorrowful. Jesus said, whenever you see the hungry and you feed them, whenever you see the thirsty and you give them something to drink, whenever you see the sick and you take care of them, you are doing this for me. Spencervillechurch.org slash give, sign in, and there at the bottom, Adra, India, and every one of your dollars will be tripled. Folks, I thank you so much for, for your sacrifices for our community, for our member assistance, for our tuition assistance, and, and for our building too, but, 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 but we need this time to look beyond our own, beyond our own walls, and see that though we're turning a corner here in the United States, there are people still hurting and suffering in our world. Folks, pray and ask the Lord how you can walk in His steps for the people in India. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, help us to walk in your steps. Help us to be sanctified through your power, through your grace, through your mercy, and by, by the power of walking in your steps to minister to those in need. Just like in the book of Acts, there was a crisis in the land and the people couldn't go, but they said, here, take our resources, Paul and Barnabas, go and help the people. Lord, may we go and do likewise. We see children you love suffering in this world. Let us say to ADRA, to the Health Ministries Department, to, to Adventist Health International, here's our resources. Go, go and help the people. Save their lives. Minister to them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for what this community will do. Stepping forward to help that child, that one day old that has no milk. And stepping forward to help those 3.7 million people who have just been displaced from their work and their homes.
to help the billions in the world and close to that in India that, that are being thrown into greater depths of poverty. Lord Jesus, as we do this, may we hear your voice saying, you have done this for me. You have done this for me. Lord Jesus, we look forward to the day when there are none of these needs on this earth, but until then, may we always be faithful in listening and watching for the cries of humanity and responding with open and generous hearts. We love you, Lord. Be with us in your name, I pray. Amen.